I'm going, I'm, whatever. I'm going Lions minus two and a half. I'm just, I'm just doing it. I, 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 until something, uh, until some disaster happens, I, and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with what should be the logical <laughs> team to win the game. Sweet Jesus. I don't know what was worse, the finish to that game or my week one NFL picks. More on that later, but first, this is Swipe Right Sports, your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, and what I'd like to do to start here today is discuss how we're going to uh, do the format, as they say. So each week here, we're going to open with a recap of college football DFS posts that I write on fakepigskin.com, and just to talk about you know what I got right, what went wrong, and a few things I'm just noticing as we're moving along throughout the season. Um, after that, we will transition to the doctor, the doctor's office, the laboratory. I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but um, it's the weekly pick segment where we're going to do uh, a few college games. Uh, typically, we cover Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and USC always because we have some affiliations with those schools in one way or another. Um, and then we'll do the marquee games. Unfortunately, there really isn't uh, too much of a great game this week, but that's why God invented gambling and fantasy. So, um, and then we, of course, will do every NFL game and then give our power five selections, which I was a scintillating one in four in my kind of best bet five selections for week one. After that, we'll do some one-off segments, not every week, but um, just some uh, bonuses, maybe uh, the net worth game that we've done a few times. Uh, that's where my brother and I would guess celebrities' net worth. Uh, very, very fun game. You can play along at home. Or um, there's been some discussions of a Gene Hackman top five movies discussion because it is. I know it's in high demand from people out there, so we want to give that to you. And that's it for kind of the little housekeeping number we have to start here. So. Uh, Let's just jump right into college football DFS recap of week two. All right, so a couple of things I want to talk about now that we've got a few weeks under our belt is one, watching the actual games. What a novel concept. Um, I was able to take in Florida Atlantic and UCF on Saturday night, and I was looking for Willie what Willie Wright as one of my suggestions, the wide receiver for Florida Atlantic, and I made that suggestion uh, based on kind of an assumption, really, that. His week one performance at Ohio State was just kind of a, a product of uh, just a bad game and some wacky game flow and blah, 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 blah. And, and really, he's just going to get back to his normal role in the offense where he was kind of the, the second option in a pass-happy offense in a good matchup where they're probably going to be throwing a lot, down by a lot to Central Florida. Um, and what I found out when I was able to watch that game uh, is – Oh boy, this is not going to work because not only is he not 
involved in the same way in the offense. He's not even on the field. So, <laughs> yeah, I was very uh, alarmed at that because I, I just kind of made this assumption. Uh, I didn't get to watch the week one game uh, against Ohio State because I was in a remote location having the skin on the head and my bald head uh, being burnt off. So, um, but I'll spare you about the, uh, the, the peeling stories right now. But uh, anyway, point is, is that uh, I was way off. And watching these games, you know, it, I, it's, you know, Captain Obvious, it helps. And, it, and I think it's not like the NFL where, you know, we all kind of see the same stuff and we all have access to almost everything we need and want for the most part. If you want to watch an NFL game, you can get it. Uh, college is a little bit different. You know, you, you, there's not all these random games available on, on different places. So um, I do make a very strong point to watch every game I can. I record uh, all the ones that I am not able to watch in real time and go back and view them to look for different things that you can't get from a box score. So that's what I'll be doing going forward. I want to just provide little little nuggets that you're not able to just get by simply Googling stuff um, and bring those forward in the posts uh, week to week on fakepigskin.com. So um, yeah, that's the first issue. The second one is player information in terms of injury, playing status updates, and all this stuff. And the big takeaway is that uh, this isn't like the NFL. There isn't a required inactive list that needs to be released or anything by the teams. And there aren't uh, a, a litany of hyenas covering these teams that are demanded to get every single aspect of information out of them in real time about every you know defensive tackle and four-string running back. So uh, I would say the point is, is that this is not going away. And the best thing you can do is if you don't if it's too frustrating uh then just avoid it altogether avoid these these scenarios altogether or accept the risk and try to take advantage so the first the, the biggest two examples of this happening so far this season i think and from what i've seen are joshua kelly and reggie corbin and I'm going to emphasize Reggie Corbin right now because this was just this past week. It was a 3:30 kick, and one of my suggestions was him, and I had him in pretty much every lineup. So if you're in that position at 3:15, 3:20, you got to go. What am I doing here? Am I going to play this guy, or am I going to pivot to one of the random running backs that no one really knows what they're going to do or how they're going to play this and all that blah 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 stuff? So what am I going to do? And I chose, I elected to stick with Corbin and just roll the dice. And and there's two sides of these coins. And don't kid yourself. There, there, there is two sides because a lot of people would say, well, you have to pivot. If, if you don't know that this player is going to play, and, and just before I continue, what I'm talking about is Reggie Corbin was going through warm-ups, just like Joshua Kelly in, in the opening night a few weeks ago, Dressed, ready to play. Um, indications were that he was probably going to play, but no one really knew. So you have to, again, assume the risk. So back to what the choice is. 
There are two sides to this coin. One is you do what I do and say, hey, I'm gonna roll the dice with Corbin. A lot of people would say, you're dumb. You can't do that. You have to pivot because you're going to run the risk of getting nothing from that slot in your lineup. True, that is true, very factual, factual. However, the other side of that coin is well, all you little vultures go on and get into the backup running back and take some blatant guess at one of these scrubs that you know you have no idea what's gonna happen. You don't know that he's not gonna play. And there's gonna be one of these weeks where he's gonna play, that whoever that Reggie Corbin might be, he's gonna play, and I'm gonna have him sitting there while you pivot, and I'm just gonna be cackling. I'm gonna be puffing off my cigar and just sitting back in my, in my leather recliner and just, just cackling my way as a DFS hero on that Saturday. So you, you have to just assume the risks and you have to just take it for what it is and make a decision and live with it. And look, when it doesn't work out, it sucks. It does. I knew right away when that game kicked off and he was not playing, hey, this slate is probably for the most part over for me. It's over in a in a material way where I'm gonna actually come away with anything good. So, um, it is what it is. It is what it is, but it's not going away. And like I said, um, there, there's going to be so much more imperfect information with college DFS than there ever will be with NFL. It's just, it's it's unavoidable. So um, just understand it, be aware of it, and uh, act accordingly. So that's what I kind of want to talk about. As recaps, I think um, overall week two went a lot better than week one, which is... Uh, not saying much, but it still it felt good to get uh, some some good good juju going for week two, and I think uh, week three is uh, I'm I'm excited about week three. So um, look for that again on fakepigskin.com, a day post, a night post, and with that we will just head right in to the laboratory where the doctor is making his diagnosis. And we are here for uh, week two NFL, week three college. I am joined uh, for the second week in a row by the doctor, of course. And uh, how are you today? I'm doing well, Bob. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm feeling, feeling a little bit better. I think uh, I kind of rushed things last week. Maybe did not uh, prepare like I needed to. But this week's tough. It was tough out there for you. Yeah, and let, let's let's just do a quick recap to talk about how tough it actually was. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, so um, just so everyone knows, we usually we start with college. We always pick Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, USC, and then we'll add in any of the marquee games on the slate. Um, last week, I was 4-1 and one in college, so that was actually a positive note. You went three and two, uh, so n- nothing, you know, no, no blood there, but pr- pretty decent. 
And, um, and then we move on and we pick every NFL game and offer our power five selections. And that was a little turn for the worst for me. Um, we picked 15 games as we excluded the Thursday night game, which we're also excluding this week because it's on as we're talking. Uh, so we picked the 15 Sunday contest, Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, I was four and 11 on the week and had a, uh, a nice one and four in my power five selections. Hot start. Um, hot start. And just a little caveat, um, 0 and 7 at 1 o'clock, if that was even possible. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I didn't I, realize that. <laughs> that is that is amazing. And that, you know, you almost deserve an award for that because that is, that is almost it's impossible to do. I should just parlay it because to protect myself from going 0 and 7. Um, no, and I'm so glad. I, when I look at that, I started laughing because I was like, I'm so glad I don't bet all of these games like i used to because i if that would have happened i i don't know what i would have been talking myself into doing it like 345 i would have been trying to like all right i'm gonna do this and that and make it all back anyway that's all uh, yeah but real quick bob <laughs> go, going back to our older days i mean if we if we think about the degenerate levels we were at and we had a close monday with that denver oakland game i mean how special of a, a night would it have been to to be down a bunch of money and have to have to make a decision on that awful game that that would have been something and i i have sympathy for all those who are out there who had to go through that win or lose that that's just not something you want to have all year oh no, you're just on. you're just thinking about the the uh tail between the legs walking to the bank <laughs> so that's all it is um but uh yeah no and we would have gone denver too that's that's yeah, for sure 100 percent. yeah we will go in denver so um so and you, uh, you you lived up to the billing a little bit. You went four and one in your power five selection of the NFL, and seven and eight overall. Which you know, again, I think if you're betting all these games, I think I would say five hundred, a uh, little but five hundred is is a win. So, um, kudos to you. Well, thank you. And We're only going to get better. That's exactly. And just to um, also, let's just kind of. Just to give a, set the stage a little bit for overall uh, what's going on in the NFL. Week one, um, underdogs ten and six, road teams eleven and five against the spread, and home favorites three and eight on the week. Wow. And then we had home dogs were two and three, and favorites. What I would I consider substantial favorites is seven or greater. Mm -hmm. um, were two and three against the spread, and there was no, um, there was no outright wins by any dogs that were seven or three. So, <laughs> j just to give a, a little perspective there, and this week um, we'll get into the NFL later, but uh, there are there are eight home dogs on the on the slate and four substantial favorites by seven or more. But we'll get to that. How about diving into the college ranks? What do you got? Where do you want to start? Let's start in South Bend. Okay. The return of Bob Davey. Is he returning? Is he available? Is he the, is he the New Mexico head coach? He is. I, I heard he was, um, I think he was having some health issues. I'm not sure if he was with the team. So oh, that's why. All right. That's why. That's why I, 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 he, I, I wasn't exactly sure, but uh, that's. I remember seeing that lately. So anyway, the Irish laying a whopping 35 points um how would you like to start this 
Well, I, I, I don't recall the last time a, a Notre Dame team laid 35. I mean, it must have been in the 90s or something like that. I mean, this is, this is a crazy one. Um, and it's it's so it's so large and you know normally you'd you'd look at that and and kind of go that's just a ton of points let's go with new mexico it's just 35 points but i'm gonna go the opposite here um it's just such a high spread for notre dame there's something going on there and i I think notre dame didn't look great against louisville i think brian kelly book have something to prove so i think they're gonna they're gonna try to get the offense going and they're gonna they're gonna run it up on them i'll take notre dame the points Give me the points. Sure, and I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, that big of a number. I can't tell you the last time they laid that big of a number, but I can tell you the last time Notre Dame beat someone by greater than 35 points. In the Brian in the Brian Kelly era, they have beaten someone by greater than 35 points five times, and it's okay. been once since 2012, and that was. In 2016, in November, a 44-6 win over Army. Um, so, it, again, these Brian Kelly teams don't put up like 60 points and you know, like really run it up on people. They're usually trying to get into the, you know, 40s and, and hope that uh, I think if, I think if you're if you're playing this game, you're hoping that they get into the 40s and really New Mexico State doesn't score more than one offensive touchdown or, or any touchdown really. So. Um, I'm with you. I'm going to lay the 35 points. New Mexico's best defensive player, defensive tackle, uh, Aaron Blackwell, out for the season last week. And they also lost they, – they play, get this, uh, three quarterbacks. And one of their co-starters is out for this game. So now they're turning to uh, – basically they have like two like dual threat quarterbacks. So it sounds like that kind of a disaster, like some sort of like 45-0, 45-3 game. So I will lay – 35 with the Irish and uh, let's move on to your your USC Trojans yeah they uh, they, they, yeah. they showed out pretty well last week with uh, is Kelvin Davis is that the backup Slovis 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 and uh, they are at the Mormons BYU the 27 year old college football player team laying <laughs> laying four points uh, what's the doctor have to say? So yes, Lovis looked looked really good yesterday. Uh, last week, um, kind of middle second quarter, they started to turn up a little bit, and uh, they just kind of never stopped. So he's he's found his rhythm. I think that offense is is looking pretty good. Uh, you know, BYU uh, had that unbelievable finish um, in Knoxville, just continuing to crush uh, all the Tennessee fans' hearts. Uh, this is a tough, tough scene in Knoxville. There, they are definitely not back. Um, <laughs> no. So I, I think I think the the Trojans' offense continues to uh, continues to keep it in gear and and keep it going. And uh, I'll take USC in minus four points. Okay. Well, I I think what we have here is what they call a live dog, and uh, BYU. Um, well, let's just get to USC. This game is before a three-week stretch where they go Utah at home, at Washington, and then at Notre Dame. This is the perfect trap letdown spot for them. And uh, I, I think 
I think Herb called this one in. I think he called in the code red, and this is the beginning of the unraveling of the Clay Helton era to get his seat. So, um, so you're calling Utah and, and Washington tough games? Is that what? I mean, it's a, it's a oh, bad time, man. That's well. I think I think Utah is a very. I think they're they're top. They're top. Uh, they're one of the top defenses in the nation. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I we'll think see US, how that unfolds. We we certainly will, and I, I think they're. I think they maybe maybe uh, overlooking this week a little bit. So um, yeah, I think BYU live dog. I like them plus the four points there, and that will take us to our beloved Spartans. Um, they're at home in a late afternoon game against Arizona State Sun Devils and Herm Edwards. Minus 14 points. Where's the doctor at? Yeah, what, what do you got? What a week for MSU last week. I know it was against Western, but uh, Lewerke seemed to look like the Lewerke from 2017. You had uh, kind of two big breakout stars in Collins at running back and Stewart Jr. at receiver. I mean, those, those guys looked explosive, uh, which is not a word you have used to describe the Michigan State offense in, in over a year. Um, and then uh, you've got the fact that uh, Lewerke, I think, is from Arizona. They went out there last year, got beat on the last second field goal. Um, I think that offense is, is starting to find their gear. And I think the next two weeks, they have Northwestern next week, will be will be big for them. If they're planning to go 10-2 and two and, and kind of go 2-2 two and two against that big stretch against Wisconsin, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, um, you know, I think they're going to have to – show some stuff in these next two weeks against let's call them these middle of the road teams and i think lorky and the boys keep uh keep building on what happened last week so msu minus 14 over the sun devils you're not fearing the fork this week no no fear the fork uh i i so i'll agree and um for but and one big thing too just looking at the opposition okay um arizona state True freshman quarterback at um, at starting there, and they struggled last week to run the ball, which is their strength in their team. Uh, Eno Benjamin yeah. is, is the strength of their team. They struggled to run the ball against an FCS team, average under three yards a carry, and had to had a we're in a dogfight to to beat them at home. Um, and I just think, you know, MSU they took that away from them last year. I think they're going to just take that away again. So that means you got this freshman quarterback on the road against the first real defense they ever face in a lot of unfavorable down and distances. I don't think that's a good recipe. So um, I think uh, I think this gets away from them. I think Michigan State scores a defensive touchdown in this game as well. And I will take them laying the 14. I think you're looking at a 28-31-10 uh, game. I, I don't think Arizona State uh, – scores more than one touchdown off yeah it's yeah it's pretty it's pretty similar to last week right i think you've got confidence in the defense to hold them let's say under 14 so you're kind of asking is michigan state going to get to 31 or, or something like that and, and i think i think they are i think they're starting to start to show good form on offense yeah and i agree this will be the this but this will be i think as as fans of them this is their first real test of division one athletes that they'll be facing uh on, on the offensive side of the ball especially that we're mostly concerned about so uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I agree. I will lay the 14. So um, we're going to stick in the Big Ten. Um, another late afternoon rivalry game with the Hawkeyes traveling to in-state rival Iowa State. Iowa is minus two. 
We'll see. So if this were uh, an 11 central kickoff time, and I know they're both in central time zone, but if this were 11 central kickoff time, I, I'd be more likely to go with, with Iowa State because I just feel like every time I turn on the TV and there's a game in Ames, Iowa, they're uh, that started at 11, they are making an upset on somebody. I know the spread's only two, but it'd still be an upset. But since it's later in the day, um, I'll be honest, Bob, I don't know much about these two teams, but I'm, I'm going with the Hawkeyes at this point. You'll, you'll probably uh, have some stats here that that may you may try to influence me to change my mind, but I'm just going with the Hawkeyes for now. That's good. You, you do that. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit something about this rivalry and, and what Iowa State has been. So, they have not won this game the last four years and they haven't won it at home since 2011 but the real difference is this year they have a guy at quarterback named brock purdy and i think this guy i I think he has a chance he was a true freshman last year came on the scene was a, a instant difference maker i think he has a chance to be special and i'm definitely taking him over the stiff on the other side and nate stanley for iowa so, um, look, I, I love Brock Purdy. I think this is the year they finally, you know, they haven't won this game in four years. It's time for them to take this rivalry back at home. Uh, I'm taking the two points for the Cyclones in Iowa State. And that will bring us to the last game on the slate. And again, I think we've we talked about this a little bit off uh, pod. Not a great slate in general for college. Um, yeah, I mean, if these are if, if Iowa, Iowa State, and Florida, Kentucky are are, are two uh, marquee matchups outside of our usual teams, then yeah, it's not a not a great week for for the college game. No, and our other maybe the other option was like picking uh, you know Florida State and Virginia, and I mean I you know whatever, I, it, it doesn't matter. So we we just we added the, one of the night games. Florida, I think, are they a top 10 team still? I don't even know. But uh, yeah, by by rank, I think they are. Uh, okay. But they won't be for more. They won't be next week. <laughs> okay. So Florida's minus eight at, uh, in Lexington at Kentucky Wildcats. Your thoughts? Yep. Um, so Florida, I, I, they haven't really played anybody. They they beat Miami week one, right? Uh, Correct. Miami team that ended up losing to North Carolina. So I don't know what that says about Miami or about Florida. Um, Correct. I, I think uh, Philippe has been playing uh, playing pretty well at the quarterback position. Um, but I'm going to go he? with well, <laughs> statistic statistically, I think he he has. Um, I think he's what was it, 42 of 54, 524 yards four touchdowns so i mean yeah that's okay it's against nobody that's fine but anyway i'm i'm going upset here i know kentucky got them last year um i think they're definitely going to cover and i think they give them again i know they have um their second string quarterback starting um but he's also a grad transfer from troy uh so he's played you know you you always see troy on the scoreboard they're usually playing against big teams so he's played against the big names sawyer Uh, sawyer smith Sawyer Smith, I'm going. I'm going upset special here. Uh, Kentucky to cover, and if you want to get real juicy with it, don't be scared to go with the money line. Wow, that that's that's hot right there. That's, that's hot a, take. That's a hot take. It's flaming <laughs> over here. It is. Um, all right, look. Um, I can't stand Felipe Franks. I'm sure he's a wonderful young man. Um, but look, he he's a more athletic version of Shea Patterson. These guys can't throw the ball in the ocean, and I, I just. I don't, I, 
the, the, the weakness of Kentucky's defense is an inexperienced secondary. Um, and I, I, that's fine with me because that's the weakness of Florida is passing. So the, the strength of their team is on the defensive line and especially an experienced offensive line. So I, I think they have, like you said, an experienced grad transfer quarterback who's not going to be, he's not like going to be afraid of, you know, the lights or anything like that. He can handle the situation. Um, and I think, you know, I don't like teams laying big numbers that can, that allow running and, and they allowed Miami to run on them a, a, quite regularly. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to take Kentucky uh, getting the eight points at home. Um, that being said, with your hot take, um, money line bet. So they, I just, just to give some context to this uh, matchup, until last year, um, that was a 31-game streak that Florida had on Kentucky that they lost last year. So that was 31 games in a row they beat them. And then they have lost back-to-back games to Kentucky since 1976. So <laughs> here we go. Lock it down. I also I don't know about your um, ability to judge quarterbacks. You just compared him to to Shea and. Uh, I think there are a lot of people out there that were surprised that Shea didn't go pro last year. So he can clearly throw the ball. I mean, there were people that were shocked and, and so pleased that he didn't take the opportunity to go to go to the NFL last year. So uh, I don't know if you were trying to give him a compliment there or what, but uh, I, I'm not sure. So if you're being sarcastic, uh, maybe yeah, sure. if you're being truthful, I don't know if you can judge quarterbacks. So I'll I'll insult I'll insult the university that I'm a fan of at the same time. Um, I said this to a friend that uh, what's uh, what's the center for Michigan State Ward uh, Nick Ward Eric, <laughs> Nick I was gonna say Eric yeah. Ward Eric Ward uh, yes Nick him going him go Nick Ward going to test his NBA uh, draft status was almost as funny as Shea Patterson going to test his for the NFL so. Um, yeah, that's all. Yeah, the difference is, though, the difference is, I think, is the Michigan State fans kind of knew that about Nick Ward. Like, they're like, ah, well, I guess that's what he's going to do. I, I didn't really mind. The Michigan fans were are believers in the, um, you know, the, the ideal scenario would probably be Shea just to slide right in after for CDS, check down Stafford for those of you who got that last week, to, to take CD. I got something more on that a little later. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm sure you do. All right. Yeah. Well, like, speaking of. Let's switch over. Uh, we're done with the college. We're going to uh, the big boys now. Big, the big fellas uh, that play on Sundays. As said before, eight home dogs on the slate. Four substantial favorites by seven or more. And we're going to start in Ohio with the Bungles of Cincinnati. They are minus, I have one and a half to a 1-0 and San Francisco team. Would you like to go? Sure, I'll go first on this one. So I think Cincinnati surprised a lot of people. Obviously, yeah, last week played a played a pretty competitive game, um, uh, and you know San Francisco was the beneficiary of of crab legs um, with two pick six. Uh, so they got a, they got a nice win out of that. Um, I'm I'm going Cincinnati in this one. Uh, you know we're flying across the country here. And um, I think they they showed some stuff last week, and, and I think they'll uh, they'll cover, they'll win and cover. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the trip to the East Coast. Did, did you know that since 2003, the 49ers have played 51 games in the Eastern Time Zone? 
In those 51 games, they are 15 and 36 with an average margin in their losses of 15 points. Only one time have they won back-to-back during that span, which was the team that went to the NFC Championship in 2011. Um, So, and again, they played last week and won in Tampa in the Eastern Time Zone. So, um, I think the way I lay that out very clearly, uh, and also in support of what you said, I think Cincinnati was a bit surprising uh, and and kind of throwing all over um, Seattle last week. So, um, yeah, I'm on Cincy here. I'm going to lay the one and a half at home for sure. Um, and that that may come up later too. We'll just we'll preview that. Um, let's move on to Lambeau Field. AR12. Um, 1-0 Packers. They're the minus three points to the 1-0 division rival Vikings. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, do either one of these teams really deserve to be 1-0? Uh, you got I think one of them does well for, for, well you might think that defensively uh, you, you had you're, you're talking about the Vikings right so you, you had Cousins what was he 8 of 10 for like 90 yards I mean, what, what is that is that offense um, no, and Dalvin then, Cook ran all over so Alexander Madison but anyway go, go ahead yeah fine I just that, that's I, I don't know that's, that's I don't know that's sustainable uh, against against some better opponents um, and so, but uh, it's not like Green Bay looks very good against Chicago here. Uh, I'm gonna go. We've got you know the the North Division rival here. I'm gonna take the home team. I'm gonna go with the Packers. What do you think? Well, Doctor, um, in the AR12 era, the Pack are ten and one home openers with an average margin of victory of ten points in those games. Four of those games have been against divisional opponents, including AR-12's first one against Minnesota. And that was in the uh, Tavares-Jackson era. So, um, you know, Kirk, Tavares-Jackson, what's what's the difference? I don't really know. So, yeah, look, I'm, uh, I don't trust, uh, I don't know if I trust Kirk on the road in, in these spots that much. Um, and yeah, I, I think, um, Someone else is going to come up later on about their their record and home openers, but yeah, I just need the pack take care of business here and and they get the win. And I'm gonna, I'm going to lay them three points. I have you, to believe the Vikings are going to win the game by taking three points. I mean, you are you are really deep in your head this week. I mean, hey. the number of statistics you are rolling out right now it's impressive. I, I it's great, but yeah, I mean, you, you're 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 deep in your head. You're, you don't you're think so that's deep. relevant information if you hear that that the pack are ten and one in home openers in the AR12 era. And the average margin of victory is ten points. You don't think that's relevant, man? That's, I, that's, a, that's no, a I took the Packers. I didn't need that to, to make it relevant. But hey, you you do what you got to do. I see where I see where you're at. I like it. The, the, our, our fans will enjoy it. Um, those those are juicy <laughs> nuggets. They're, they're, they are juicy nuggets, but you are deep, man. You are is, deep. I'm Four just eleven. Oh, and seven. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting warmed up, man. Just getting warmed up. Let's let's move on. Let's All right, let's keep to, it moving. Let's move on to. Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee came off that, uh, you know, one of the more uh, big blocks from week one. It was a crazy game. But uh, they're at home. They're minus three to the Colts, who lost in overtime. A tough one there. Uh, where are you at? Yeah, so, I mean, this is week two of the NFL. This is, this is just overreaction 
uh, central this week, right? I mean, there's just there's just so many overreactions. We'll cover a few of them and the way people are thinking about their teams and how it kind of influences the way people will bet and ultimately then will we'll influence some of the line movements. Uh, and, and I think Tennessee is still uh, one of these teams that are just are not very good. Uh, great first week. I, I think things just snowballed <clears throat> on, on Cleveland um, and it just got away from them. Uh, but I think, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I think Indy, Indy was impressive. I think they were able to, to run the ball pretty well against uh, against the Chargers. They, uh, I think Brissett was pretty pretty efficient, and uh, I think they looked pretty good. So uh, I'm going to say that they're able to to run the ball against against Tennessee, which is you know part of the reason why why uh, Cleveland had such fits. And I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Indy plus three. Wow, this is going to go really bad or, or really good because um, yeah, uh, listen. The Colts ran for 100, 187 yards last week. That was the second highest total of the week. Uh, they also averaged, uh, they were fifth in average yards per carry, over six yards last week um, per, per tote. And um, look, that game, um, if you look at, you know, the summary of the game and, and you kind of dig in a little bit, the final score is obviously very misleading. Um, Tennessee had two offensive drives scoring drives over 50 yards one of them was a 75 yard screen pass to derrick henry which he was he was untouched no one ever touched him so i mean look it, those things you can't count on week to week to to, to repeat themselves so and, and look they, they couldn't even turn the ball over i think three times deep in their own territory so it just like you said it's just kind of a, a fluky just game where they, they made a bunch of mistakes that you can't do and Tennessee took advantage like they should like yeah. any any capable NFL team should so um congratulations to them they get they got their win um but uh yeah I, I'm with you I I like the infrastructure of the Colts I like the running game and I'm taking the three points uh on the road so we're, we're three games in we've got three agreements that would be correct okay we're in trouble all right all right all right, all right. <laughs> Well, let's see if we can uh, see if we can change that with uh, in Miami. And um, uh, Vegas is taking they're planting their flag here with a few teams. Uh, whether, whether it's whether it's for certain teams or against certain teams, they are planting the flag. Um, and we have the Patriots. What, what, oh, <laughs> they're planting their flag because they're giving they're giving Miami. I have it at nineteen, but what do you got it at for official? Line? Eighteen and a half is, is what. Is, is what I, is, is the last line I saw. Um, it opened it. Opened by the way, this opened at fourteen on in, in, in Monday. It was up to seventeen, like like immediately. And I was like, whoa. So I said last week, and I'll probably say more weeks. You uh, d- uh, don't get rich betting against the Patriots, unless, <laughs> unless Bobby, they are playing the Miami Dolphins, and so. I'm going with some Fitz magic showing up. Uh, you know what? Miami tends to play New England tough most years for whatever reason, right? And that, and that goes back years and years and years, no matter who's on the Miami Dolphins team. There seems to be fluky things that happen. Uh, so a uh, huge amount of points for the NFL. You got this magic again this week. He can't, he can't do this t- two terrible weeks in a row. Um, it, it's Miami. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Unfortunately, I do the same thing, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give another explanation though. Um, the first part is this: um, if you recall, last year um, there was a team called the Detroit Lions 
who had a rookie head coach, rookie head coach debuting as a former coordinator of Bill Belichick, former defensive coordinator, and in his debut got absolutely hammered at home on Monday night in a completely embar- total embarrassment of a game. Uh, and then a few weeks later, Bill Belichick went in there with this Patriot team, and, and I think he just kind of, I think he kind of just extended a little courtesy and just said, all right, you know, we're gonna. We're, hey, hey! Listen, this game doesn't matter to us. We're treating it like a scrimmage, and uh, we, I, I basically treat it as like a bye week for everyone. So just like have your fun, get your win. And again, uh, Brian Flores is a former coordinator last year's Super Bowl winning team, and uh, I think maybe Belichick will will help him out again. Not, not, maybe not, maybe not lose, but you know, just take take it easy on on his uh, on his old buddy. And just for context. Um, this is courtesy of the big lead. The biggest road favorites in NFL history, the one, 87 Niners, minus 23 at Atlanta, won by eight. Two, 92 Niners, minus 17 at New England, won by 12. And three, the 07, the, the Pats team that was 16-0, and 0, I think 18-1, uh, minus 18-F at Baltimore, won by three. So, um, yeah, I, I think these are crazy numbers and uh it's the nfl i'm going to take the, the points as well so we're we're four for four unfortunately <laughs> yeah it's not good <laughs> okay so let's let's move on to uh let's move over to the meadowlands uh where we have um the one and oh bills against uh the oh and one giants who had a really rough uh week one there and it looks at the, the bills uh the favorite here and I was a little surprised to see this, uh, but I guess you know what, what? What? What do you? One and a half, I guess, is what it is. So, so um, one and a half, okay. Yeah, Bill, Bill's minus one and a half. Where are you going? Uh, so basically, I mean, Buffalo's playing for the the state of New York, really. Um, That's true. Took down the Jets last week. Um, Josh Allen has four giveaways and and somehow <laughs> wins a game. It's amazing. So we've got. We've got Josh, Josh Allen versus old Eli. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better. This is a murky matchup of quarterbacks. Um, no, this is one of those games where I think we said when Buffalo and uh, New York, um, the Jets last week, it was, you know, look for weird plays and stuff like that. We're back there again this week. Um, weird shit's going to happen. Um, I'm going just, this is just a gut. I just want to see Buffalo be the best team in New York. So I'm going with the Bills. All right. All right. Well, good news. Um, this is how I analyze this game. Saquon Barkley's on my face. One team has Saquon Barkley, one team doesn't. And that is, uh, that, this is like the playground. It's like one team just has this really good player, the other team doesn't. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I'm going to do this. Uh, give me the Giants, uh, plus the one and a half. And I think we can just quickly move on to the, the next one, uh, where we're going to, uh, Pittsburgh. Coming off a rough Sunday night game, uh, we all saw, and they're they're at home, and they're minus four points as I have to Seattle. Yeah, what? this is a, this is another kind of overreaction thing that everyone wants to jump on. Pittsburgh looked terrible; they're done. This is the end of Big Ben. They got crushed. Um, you know, not the case. Tomlin and them, they'll, they'll settle in here, um, and, and I think. I think what we saw with Seattle last week is they're, you know, they're they're lacking in some areas too, um, as well as Cincinnati played them. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going Pittsburgh uh, minus. Did you say four? Is what I have it at minus four. 
that's correct. Okay. Yeah, and um, fun fact, Russell Wilson has never started a game in Pittsburgh. Uh, just, huh. just out of curiosity, or just, just, just uh, I thought that was a little relevant. Um, and yeah, look, uh, another fun fact. In the Big Ben era, Pittsburgh and home openers are 10-2 and two with an average margin of victory of 17 points. Three times have they come home after an opening game loss. All three wins. And who are we kidding? Um, Pittsburgh is just the Pats bitch. I, I'm not going to – it doesn't – I'm not reading into that at all. They never beat them. They can't beat them. They're owned by them. And, and that uh, – yeah, I, I think it was kind of – it was bad though. I mean, that was even even though New England does own them, that was that was bad. Oh, it was it was it was ridiculous. It was it, we, I think we were messaging about this, and I said Pittsburgh's probably going to win ten or eleven games, and they're making them look they're making this look like a JV varsity scrimmage. This is not this is how bad this is. So um, no, it, it was bad. But uh, yeah, look, I, I agree, and I think uh, yeah, the Seahawks. Who knows? I mean, look, that was uh, not an impressive victory they had. So. Um, they're not necessarily anything right home about. So Steelers minus a four. Agreement again. This is going to be great. I can't wait. Um, well, we'll see when we get, you know, the thing is, when we get to the power five, we'll really see which ones we, we I'm assuming there's going to be a couple that we disagree with coming down the pipe here. And then we'll see which ones we pull up into our power five that will really tell the, tell the story. All right. Well, let's let's get to the, the next game, which is my favorite game in terms of, in terms of gambling of the week and that is the Dallas Cowboys on the road minus five and a half to the Washington Redskins. So so you hinted at this as we as we were chatting before the podcast that you I think you had something special here. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and and, uh, and lead this one off. All right, well I'll be happy to do that. Um, look this this is a game where th- this is a classic just Vegas game where you have to decide what side you're on, okay? And there's two sides to this. The side is, I'm just gonna go with what the logical football team is that is a top six or seven team in this league against maybe a bottom five or six team to win by a touchdown. That's that's one side. The other side is every Dallas better is going to get fed into the Vegas wood chipper face first and this is just that game of the of the first game of the year where the, the Vegas just has it on there they, they know something and you're gonna know probably in the first 10 minutes that this is uh this is gonna work or not so I think that's all it is you just gotta pick a side and um I I, I am on the cowboy side I, I'm I whether I get into the wood chip or not we'll see but I'm going cowboys yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I, I think it's it's Dallas all the way. I mean, they, they handled the Giants last week, and I, I don't think there were major turnovers in that game that that led to it. They just kind of beat them up, I and mean, there may have been a fumble or two. There was there wasn't like a I don't think there was a defensive touchdown, and they just kind of handled them. Um, so I think I like where their their offense is headed this year, and you know Redskins had a had a half of hope, and I think we, they quickly realized that um, they are who we thought they were. There, there's no hope there. There's no overreaction there. That's going to be a bad football team. Um, that half that they played and then just got manhandled. Um, so I'm with you. Let's go Dallas. Yeah, and do you? I mean, do you agree with the way I I characterize this? This is the first game to me where I see 
there is just a clear like there's there's no other way to go oh or or i mean if you want to get cute this is going to be the first attempt to be cute yeah i, I think you laid it out great uh, I, i agree with what i agree with what you said um but we we don't need to get cute that's <laughs> not getting cute and I, i will say this too um just to kind of add to this uh ridiculousness um washington's best defensive lineman is out for this game and, and um it's just another another thing to say how in the world is this going to work so um we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll see if we're, we're stepping face first in it but uh i'm going down so um let's let's get out of here and move on to oh another another fun one the arizona cards <laughs> at the baltimore ravens Baltimore again. This is planting the flag here uh, from Vegas. I thought this was going to be maybe nine or ten. Baltimore minus thirteen, and that's planting the flag on both Baltimore and Arizona. Yep. So uh, you know, Arizona delivered the uh, the KID of the week, the kick in the dick of the week to all Detroit Lions fans and Detroit Lions betters last week as they overcame an eighteen point fourth quarter deficit to tie that thing and cover. I mean that that was a tough one to swallow. Um, uh you know as this is kind of a lions podcast in a way we're, we're, they're very close to us so we track that and um they were the uh they were the ones to deliver it and um the <laughs> question you ask yourself so did they kind of get something going there in the second half did did um Kyler murray and and the handsome and the handsome coach figure some things out there uh I think so, and I think we have again an overreaction to Baltimore being great. Obviously, they they blew out Miami, and that was awesome. And Lamar looked like an all-star. And I, th- I think he'll be fine, um, but I think things settle in. I'm I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Arizona with the points here. All right, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Ball, I'm, I'm, I don't think it make the line high enough, frankly. So um, Baltimore minus 13, um, and Arizona was god awful the only reason they got back in that game was the prevent saw well, defense and, and they just you, they just took they took they, they mailed it in that's all it was well right but you don't think so if baltimore doesn't if it gets ahead again they're they're gonna they're not gonna go prevent i i think they're much more well coached and they will not stop attacking and they they will they will not allow anything i'll tell you what so you're saying up. you're saying the lions are not well coached is that what you read into <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did By the way, did you skip that game again or what? No, I did not. No, no there's there's okay. there's two more one o'clocks, and they're going to be the last one. All the right. next the next one o'clock is Jacksonville at the Texans. I have the Texans minus nine. Again, no Nick Foles. Um, Gardner Minshew, the third rookie out of Washington State. Mike Leach product starting for the Jacks. Yeah. So what I want to say about this game is, first of all. Jacksonville and the Detroit Lions should be on the phone together right now and there should be talks of getting CDS to Jacksonville uh, this would help so many things for so many organizations and would put an end to Bob your deal about uh, staff are never having a good defense or uh, having a top run game so we could see that right away. So I think those teams should be talking, and he should be the quarterback <laughs> there by week three or four. Something like that should happen. That would be ideal for everybody. Um, okay. That that's that is the ideal scenario that needs to happen. Uh, so 
Um, with that in mind, I'm, I'm going. I'm going Houston here. I thought the heartbreaker against New Orleans. They're off. I thought Houston's offense looked pretty good. Um, you know, as, as long as uh, Sean Watson can stay healthy, which I think he is for this week, um, they'll be fine. And I think they they cover uh, the nine. I don't think Jackson's defense, Jacksonville's defense, will be able to stop them enough because I don't think Jacksonville's going to be able to score at all. All right, uh, you know, well, let me just respond uh, to the Stafford to Jacksonville. I, I <laughs> so that's great. Um, I actually, I actually would like that. As, I mean, honestly. I would be in favor of it as well because I think we both talked about, um, regardless of what Stafford is or isn't, he doesn't need to be tied up that much money. So um, yeah, let let that be someone else's problem. But um, you and I both know that'll never happen. So um, is is it what well, should happen? Is it, does it make sense? Well, then it opens the door for Shea. I, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. That's we're gonna. I'm just. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna keep moving out of the keep moving. Uh, Let's keep moving. We gotta keep all right, moving. All right. So I. I I, I got to watch a, a fair amount of uh, Gardner Minshew play, and you know he was decently competent. Like I, I, I didn't see like a huge drop off when he came in there. He he moved around well. Um, wasn't wasn't bad. And I think I think in these scenarios, look, long term prognosis disaster, and their season's over for sure. But I think for one week, for one week, they rally behind and say, Gardner, we're we're right behind you. You know, so um, <laughs> not tonight. Tonight's our night. Exactly. Tonight, we're, tonight at 1 p.m., Jacksonville will be the greatest NFL team. They say, Gardner, we're covering nine today. I think that's what they say. And um, and uh, I think that, um, I, again, I don't like uh, teams to cover big numbers that can't stop the run. Um, you know, the Texans gave up seven yards per carry to Saints running backs. That was the third worst of the week. So. I just don't like that recipe to cover big numbers. I mean, because they can, as long as you can just keep them on the field and, and just kind of keep drives going, and I think they're going to hand the ball in for net 30 times. So, yeah, I'm going Jags. I'll take the nine points. And um, that is almost the end of the one o'clock. We have, and I will not forget this, we have our, our Leos, our Detroit Lions, coming off uh, one of their um, just typical disasters in week one, a tie where they were up, what was it, 18 in the fourth quarter, uh, plus two and a half to the Charger team, won in overtime, uh, and kind of coming to town, banged up a little bit. Where, where are you at? Yeah, um, this will probably shock you, but I'm, I'm going I'm going Leo's this week. Um, we got the cross-country travel, of course, um, with the Chargers. Um, and I, as much as I bag on CDS. He looked pretty good last week for the first three and a half quarters. Um, and, and I think, you know, last year, if you remember, they got beat week one, and then you brought up that New England game, and they kind of looked good for a couple weeks. So I think we kind of see that same thing happen here where they they focus in. Sneak, sneaking an over on this one, I think there's going to be a lot of points for this guy, so let's just slide that in there. And it's Detroit plus two and a half. Yeah, no, it's, it's Leo's. Of course they would win this game. This, yeah. is, this, this is the exact type of game they would win. They're going to they're gonna beat a, a Charger team, and they're catching the Chargers at a perfect time. No left tackle, Russell Kuhn. No Derwin James. Mike Williams is banged up. 
you know, it's just it's it's so typical, and then everyone's gonna be sucked back in and going, yeah. So um, I, I will not be. You will not no, be. But most I will. Will. Yeah. Right. So no, no, of course they're gonna win. Lions will soon have the tick. All right. That does it for the one o'clocks. Let's go to the first four o'clock selection. Kansas City minus seven. I have it at to the Oakland Raiders, who uh, handle their business on Monday night. Yeah, another another overreaction here on the Oakland side. I think people are, oh, we don't need Antonio Brown, and we're back, and we can do this without him. <laughs> no, you need him, and it, you could have used him, and you're not very good. And Kansas City did exactly what we expected them to do. Their offense did not miss a beat. Um, I think it's I think it's Kansas City, um, and and they're going to put it on them. Like this one's going to just be a blowout. Okay, I, I think I think I have another live dog here. And, um, oh God! I think I, I I probably should learn my lesson from last week um, because you're exactly right. Kansas City came out and they just didn't miss a beat and just they just put it on another team. I mean, in the second quarter, that game was over. Like it didn't matter. Nick Foles got hurt. They right. couldn't stop them to save their lives. And uh, and that was a, supposedly a, a good defensive team. But I, I, going back to this thing where I, I don't they, their defense is still terrible. It is terrible, and I don't like covering you know what i consider to be a pretty big number um when they can't stop anybody they can't they can't stop the run so um i i'm i'm for at least one week gonna sit, think hey oakland may be a little bit better than what everyone thought not not good or not going to the playoffs but hey may, maybe they're a little maybe six seven win team is that is that wrong so uh i'm gonna take the seven points and we'll see we'll see how that goes um I'm gonna do, yeah. I'm gonna mark that down. Bob has Oakland at six to seven wins. That's a that's a <laughs> no. We'll want to revisit at some point. <laughs> Put that in bowl. All right. All right. All right. Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, let's move on to intriguing matchup here. Um, the Chicago Bears, another another home dog game. Chicago Bears at the Denver Broncos, the other Monday night team that. Uh, I got to watch this game. I don't know about you, but Chicago's minus two and a half. Where's the doctor at? I did not stay awake for that Monday night game. Um, but I, I could clearly tell that uh, Joe Flacco is no longer elite uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and is not very good. Um, you know, I, I think Chicago struggled in, in week one offensively. I think it's clear they have a, a really strong defense. Um, which you probably only need a slightly, even a slightly below average defense to stop this Denver offense. So uh, I think Chicago's defense um, shuts down Denver, you know, less than 10 points. And, and I think I think that Chicago's offense and Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie starts to find themselves a little bit. Um, I think they'll dedicate a little more to the run game. I, if I remember correctly, I, I don't think Cohen had very many touches in that game. So I think they're going to kind of get back to basis on offense. Um, and, and they'll get something going here, and they're they're gonna they're gonna cover the two and a half. So I I agree with everything you just said. Um, and, and but and here's the way I look at this: is both very good defensive teams. They're both good at stopping the run. And uh, what that means is this: is which quarterback would you rather have in third and very unfavorable down and distances? Okay, and I, it, it's. At least Trubisky can move his legs. Joe Flacco on Monday night, he would when he dropped back. If the if the first thing wasn't there, he was done. Even if he wanted, to, like his brain was saying, "Hey, slide to the right, slide left." He couldn't do it, and, and 
he was done. I mean, it was it was like watching a mannequin back there. And I was like, wow, this is and this is Oakland's, uh, you know, defensive front. So I'm like, what are the Bears going to do to this team? So I know Denver's a tough place to play. Um, I, I think it won't be an easy game by any stretch. But uh, it, if I have to, I, I'm going to take Chicago laying the two and a half. I, I just think Flacco is uh, he's toast. So um, and that will take us to really the, the marquee game of the week, I think. And that is the New Orleans Saints uh, coming off a, an incredible win on Monday night. Just, just incredible. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, unbelievable finish. Yeah, at at uh, rematch of the NFC title game at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams minus the two points. Yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in this one. I mean, it'll be the story of the of the weekend. Um, you know, we'll see the replays from last year, the playoffs, and all that stuff. So they'll, they'll play that up. Um, I, I honestly, this one's a coin toss to me. I, I was surprised at how. Uh, how well Carolina moved the ball last week, um, pulled on the ground and through the air. I mean, McCaffrey's an awesome player, but you know, the Rams supposed to have this great front, and I just felt like they um, they moved on pretty good. So, so I think I think New Orleans will be able to, to do some of the same. Um, I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna lean I'm gonna lean that way. I think I think New Orleans has got a little bit of a chip, and um, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I think this is like I said, I think this is a coin toss one. It's a really tough one to pick. Well, you, tell you, me can tell, you can you can you can tell me something that I might change my mind as soon as you're done. Well, I don't know, whatever. Tough for some people. Look, I, I'm not. I don't buy Jared Goff as any sort of like Ooh. special player. Um, I, I just, I mean, if you're asking me, I, I don't think he's some sort of difference maker in like this group of elite quarterbacks. Um, the Panthers had two turnover, two turnovers early in that game, one deep in their own territory that kind of changed the complexion of the game. Otherwise, you're absolutely right. They kind of gutted that defense especially a cmc on the ground average over six yards a carry um and now they got a very similar player in elvin kamara maybe slightly even better than cmc coming in um and look i'm i'm saints all the way here uh plus two points uh mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't even kind of blink here i, I don't I, I do think a zillion points will be scored in this game so i, I would say over the 52 in this game as well but um yeah uh for my money give me the saints here cds or golf Are you hesitating? It's it's close. No, oh, get out of here. Okay, no, no, move on. To, no, move on to the next game. That's move the thing. On. To move me, on. they're the same person. You put move staff. It. It's the same thing. They're the same. Move it along. They're, they're both not difference makers. They're both. They're just guys. And, and golf is in a way way better system. And they, move way it better along. coaches. One's been in the league for a decade. Move it along. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> one's on. One's on the fucking lines. All right. Anyway, so uh, takes us Sunday night. This is and this is. Um, that was a nice matchup for Sunday night. I really like this. Uh, Eagles yeah. minus uh, one and a half at Atlanta. Atlanta, uh, you know, I was talking them up. They, uh, they, <laughs> they were one. Of, that game was over really quickly. Uh, they, they just, they really shot themselves in the foot. And just weren't. Not, nothing about them uh, was advertised. So I don't know. Um, I think you gotta, gotta, gotta pick, pick a side here. So where are you at with this game? Uh, so I, I talked about at the beginning of this this being overreaction week. Um, I, I think there's some of this there with Atlanta. Um, so I think everybody is writing them off and is tired of the Matt Ryan and 
Julio Jones, um, Devonta. Like they've got all this high-powered off Ridley. This high-powered offense, and, and they just don't seem to be consistent. So people are really down on them right now. And week after week one, um, you know, I, I'm I'm going to take them one more time. I took them last week. I think they were my loser in my top five, if I remember correctly. And uh, I, I'm going to give them another shot this week. I, th- I think they bounce back. Obviously, Philadelphia looks shaky in their first half. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm, I'm going to Atlanta. All right, the, the agreement is disturbing for this week. Um, but uh, uh, so b- before I get to Atlanta, just let me say this is, I think this is a very, like, this is a stay away game. Like, I would never, I don't think you can bet on this either way or have a really strong opinion. It's just, it's it's, it's really close matchup. And um, I'm more intrigued to just watch this game and see how it plays out. Um, and we all know, like, the dramatic decrease in odds if you start 0-2, you know, for Atlanta. Uh, so... I had to think these guys are going to come out and play well uh, in this game. Last week, they had two turnovers deep in their own territory to start that game. They kind of just threw that entire uh, just complexion of that game off. Uh, the one thing I will say is they already have a suspect offensive line. They lost their first-round pick, uh, Chris Lindstrom, their right guard, to a broken foot. And that that That's very concerning. Um, so I, I think they're in a tough spot, but... Uh, I have to think that D has a lot of pride. They got shredded on the ground by Delvin Cook. And I have to think they, they just have so many good players. I have to think they have a lot of pride. They're gonna they're gonna bounce back and I think they're gonna play well in their home opener on a Sunday night. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the one and a half points and, and, and roll with it. So uh, but again, uh, I, I'm just excited to watch it. So uh, all right. We end the week on Monday night in New York City with uh you know the 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 most hyped team in the offseason somewhat maybe an offseason title kind of like uh some college teams we talk about but um the cleveland browns at the new york jets the browns now with sam Darnold ruled out the browns up to six and a half is what i had okay another one of these overreactions where everybody's overreacting to cleveland um I think this one is is pretty straightforward, um, with or without Darnold. I, I think uh, it's it's Cleveland all the way. Clearly, they get a couple couple extra points there with, without him. Um, but it's Cleveland in the bounce back. This is look at this is basically to your own two point earlier, which is a great point. Um, do you believe or not? Do you, do you believe in this thing or not? And uh, I'm I'm gonna believe one more week in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, you know, tons of turnovers that just kind of ruined themselves in that first week. Um, I have to believe that the team that won five of its last seven games last year is, is still there uh, in some way, shape, or form. They've added, you know, Odell Beckham to that team. Um, and the great thing about sociopaths like Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham is they love spotlights. So this is on, you know, prime time. On a Monday night, everyone is burying them. Everyone's just pay. Oh God, overhyped. The, the hype is not real. This is the, the perfect time where someone like these guys want to show up and just stick it to everybody. And uh, and also, again, no Darnold. Bell's banged up. C.J. Mosley, the big uh, linebacker acquisition uh, from Baltimore in the offseason, banged up. I uh, think he's gonna play, but uh, yeah, I, I just. I think the Browns take care of business. They get their win and they cover the six and a half. So 
way too much agreement right now. This is very, um, wow, I, this is, this is going to be uh, a wonderful, uh, wonderful week, or we may never talk again. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of like one of those only one teams right now, too. I mean, your back is really up against it after, after week one. <laughs> yeah. You really need to do something. So I'm, I'm hoping that you can find that person that has won some games in past years and, and, and bring that person out this week. Well, so, I just, but... Yes? <laughs> well, let's, I was going to say, let's see where we really stand. Let's get to the Power Five. Yeah. Why don't you lead us off there? Let's do that. All right, so... I'm going. Since he minus one and a half, the first question. This is, this is already bad. I know you're gonna um, keep laughing again. Pack minus three. Steelers minus four. Cowboys minus five and a half. And the Saints plus two. <laughs> All right. So we've got a line on Cincinnati, Dallas, Pitt. Perfect. Uh, then I'm adding Chicago and Houston. Okay, so, all right, all right, Chicago, Houston. All right, so this is, wow, this is going to be incredible. Um, yeah, and really. I, but I, I feel like, you know, uh, regardless of the results, I there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears put into this slate. And uh, I, uh, the, the Nuggets were, uh, you know, fast and furious. So I, I think, I think, I think it gave people something to think about, and I'm hoping that, uh, Hope, hoping for a little bounce back here. Yeah, I think he did. I thought there were some nice nuggets in there, and, and I think we'll uh, we'll continue to build on that, uh, myself included. We'll continue to sprinkle in some more nuggets, but you know, sometimes you can get a few too many nuggets out there. You might have you might have crossed that line a little bit. You might have been <laughs> might have been searching for some things you wanted to find. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I d- decide decide the result and then find the evidence. Find the data, them. right? That's yeah. it. That's, I no, think that's what was happening there. But I guess we'll we'll find out here in, in uh, about 72 hours or so. Yeah. I'll, uh, hey, uh, text me when Washington's up 14 nothing in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, man. Well, until uh, next week, uh, let's, uh, let's do a good job. Okay, sounds good. Week two, let's do it. All right, that is a wrap on episode five. Week two NFL, week three college football. Um... Lots of agreement in there. Could be a referendum week for me. We'll we'll see how it all goes. Uh, but um, hey, Twitter, Instagram at Sports Pod Hookup, and uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, this is Swipe Right Sports. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. Good luck this weekend. <laughs>